The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Here, I think I need to unplug a little bit. The headlines weren't that Skin good this week. It me to the bone. You see the unemployment? Yeah, it's not shot. I mean, I think Carrie, it's going to go up. It's staggering. Not, I mean, I no, I don't think so. I think it's Carrie, obvious. Thirty million jobless claims in the last six yeah. weeks. That's more jobs than we're creating in the last 10 years. Right, but we shut down mandated businesses to shut down. So that, I guess, you keep saying it's shocking. I keep saying it's... I'm saying it's staggering. I, oh, I was going to say, I keep thinking, of course it's going to be. What did, what, did, what did they think would happen? <sighs> Ohio has a million jobs. Summer's shut down. Welcome to, to May, Carrie. April. I mean, How April. are they deciding about summer April, shutdown? Carrie. In the beginning of April, the coronavirus, there was 1.1 million cases. By the end of April, that had gone to 3 million. Of people who tested positive. Cases. Right. Okay. Of people who tested, doesn't mean they were symptomatic, just means they USA, had. USA, in the beginning of April, 290,000, also tripled to 900,000 by the end of April. Okay, I'm sure we've. All have lots of viruses. I just listen to, need, I just to Kenny Wayne Shepherd for a little bit. But today, you know, it's May now. It's a new month. Hopefully, we'll get some good news. First Saturday of May. Although somebody, um, well, usually the most beautiful month, of course. It is. I love how things are starting to bloom. So, so with President Trump, who's to blame, Carrie? Nobody. Very serious investigation. China. You probably know. And we are not happy with China. We are not happy See? with that whole China. situation. Because <laughs> we believe it could have been stopped at the source. It could have been stopped quickly and it wouldn't have spread all over the world. And we think that should have happened. Uh, so we'll uh, let you know at the appropriate time. But we are doing serious investigations. The fact is that there has been so much unnecessary death in this country. It could have been stopped and it could have been stopped short. But. Somebody a long time ago, it seems, decided not to do it that way. And the whole world is suffering because of it. 184 countries at least. That that says it all. I was going to say, China's to blame. Uh, now, when you were saying this has been a tough year, somebody sent me a text in group. I don't even know who it ended up, number I didn't write, but it said, it was a church sign. Can we uninstall 2020 and install it again? This version, the current version has a virus. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if we could just reboot? <laughs> yeah. This has been a tough year. Pandemic may last two years. Oh, you know, Mark, until you gotta the stop herd reading immunity the... is achieved. But you have, have to read the good Colleges ones. Colleges are at a breaking point. The virus has thrown higher education into a crisis, and some schools won't survive. Well, I was right. talking about some that. Are, some there are no way. Open. The school, the colleges, we, we had too many colleges to right. begin with. Can no, I... but what about the headline that a positive that there is. A possibility, I won't say that um, the vaccine might be ready for fall. So I don't like these doom and gloom. You got to look through this, you know, CDC and the National Institute of Health and find the good stuff. Well, or the hopeful stuff. We had some Fed speak this week. So what did Jerome Powell say about it? Okay, how bad is the coronavirus economy? Uh, His simple answer, the worst ever. We are going to see economic data for the second quarter that is worse than any data we have seen for the economy. Um, there are direct consequences of the disease and measures we are taking to protect ourselves from it. Um, 
you know, the uh, he, he's saying that, the, you know, the chances of a W. Remember last show I was talking about the W-shaped recovery. Right. Okay. Um, he Fed Powell saying that's probably not that's probably not going to happen. It's too uh, it's too positive. But they don't know. I guess that's the thing. We didn't think this would happen either, and look where we're at. All right. Get us started. Yeah. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought, and we are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10, here to give you helpful information and hopefully positive information on the things that you can do about your financial life and make you aware of issues and that you have choices. And that's whether you're working and concerned about how all of this will affect my retirement plans or the spending I'd like to do. Or if you're in retirement, you're spending or maybe the longevity of my plan if you're concerned about running out of money. Um, And then once you know how that will impact you, then you can make choices um, and use opportunities. And certainly with the new CARES Act, there are plenty of opportunities that people may not be aware of um, that you can only take in 2020. And that's what we've been doing with our clients um, over the last few weeks and gearing up as we get busier, um, as people want to take advantage of these opportunities. We're going to talk about more opportunities today, but we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner. We're traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. We're not investment advisors. We've been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area, helping people solve problems, save money, and get clarity on what steps they should be taking when it comes to their financial life. And and a lot of people just aren't sure what they should be doing. And they're running out. And we've had calls where people are, you know, they either aren't doing anything because they're you talk about paralyzed with fear, they or they just don't know what to do, or they're running out and doing something they or buying something they really don't understand how it works, um, the benefits and the long term effect of some of those choices. And um, we offer a free no obligation consultation. We're doing consultations by phone or in person with precautions. So you have those both of those options is whatever you're more more comfortable with. And we're already scheduling people the next couple of months. So if you want to find out the opportunities that exist um, for the free consultation, again, is free. And we will talk about how we can help you and if we can and what value and benefit we can provide you. And we have hourly and retainer options. And um, we've worked hard and right now trying to even make our fees even more affordable. So take advantage of the free consultation. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, and listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and you found Financial Food for Thought and the estate planning team uh, who's been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, Kara, I, I don't think I've ever seen worse economic data. Now, I've, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've gone through, we, we went through the 2008, of course, and then the 2000, mm-hmm. and then uh, you probably don't remember 1987, you know, but I certainly do, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, but this just. You said 1987? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in high school. Who, ca- who cared about financial and political? There's a little, <laughs> oh, there's a little shake up in the market in October. Um, but the, the, you know, but again, this could be, I mean, this just seems to be different. Um, and, you know, again, I, I've lost, uh, you know, I think every week there's less and less you know, professionals who say we're going to, this is going to be a V, you know, snapback recovery. Um, they're extending, you know, the shutdown orders. Um, the There's a lot of discussion. There's protests going on, you know, for governors mm-hmm. who aren't opening up soon enough. And the the we've said from the beginning on this show, we said from the beginning, it's not necessarily the health risk, and that's bad enough. It's the economic risk that this virus is creating. Right. And we just don't know how you just shut down the world's greatest economy overnight and how long you can keep it shut down as to say how much, how quickly it's going to snap back when you turn the switch. Yeah, I think it's going to take time. Or you hear those stories of businesses deciding to shut down permanently. Or I've heard when they return, there's a lot of companies maybe cutting, you know, the cutting employee or 
cutting their staff by 10%. I've heard even 25% when they reopen. Yeah, and we don't know the human behavioral aspect of this. We don't know when consumer confidence is coming back. You know, consumer spending was down, what, 7.5% for the month? That's because everything was closed, and not everybody likes to buy online. I mean, you know. (laughs) So you can't. Although Home Depot's and Lowe's, do. every time um, I drove by, they're going to be they're going to do a booming business. Oh, every time I went, I mean, what else are people going to do? They're not traveling. Yeah. They're not going out. They're the guard. The home gardens are going to be spectacular. This oh year. yeah, but I'm shocked every time I drive by a Lowe's or Home Depot, the parking lot's jammed. Gary, don't blow your whole stimulus check on the home gardens, <laughs> though, you know, Build up that cash reserve. Um, big earnings week. I, I, I'm, I'm too. You know, I, I, we, I don't even want to play the earnings game, Carrie, because it's, it's just too depressing. Good. Um, but you know, so I mean, do you, I don't know, what are some of the highlights? Well, obviously, Amazon. Amazon still missed earnings per share, but they beat revenues. Um, you know, Apple beat. Okay, um, these are the ones who beat, Carrie. Uh, 3M. You know, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> no pick, surprise there. Pick the hand sanitizer and paper product um, people. I'm sure they did really well. You know, the uh, but uh, I mean, who? But certainly a lot more misses. You know, than beats. You know, tell Tesla. You know, uh, that was interesting. You know, they beat um, both on earnings per share and revenue. Um, and, but what was most interesting about that earnings call was Elon Musk kind of a, an expletive, you know, laced rant about, oh, he you know, does that often. um, about saying how the stay home <laughs> orders is, is fascist. He threw out the fascist word. Mm, um, I've heard a lot of people feel strongly about government intervention. I know you had that Benjamin Franklin quote last week where people are not happy being told what to do. And it's their choice if I want to go out and if you are one of people who want to be protected and wear a mask or not wear a mask. So we might not be surprised about who beat earnings and revenues, but who missed? Well, it's maybe not surprising either. I mean, you could just, you know, draw the line, Carrie. Starbucks missed. Okay. Um, Ford missed. Um, You know, GE missed. Uh, Google missed. You know, they missed on earnings. They beat on revenues. But that was kind of, um, but, you know, still that they were pretty positive. Um, you know, uh, McDonald's missed, um, you know, Microsoft beat, you know, of course. So, I mean, you, you, the, the big tech did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, hospitality did really bad. I was going to say paper products, sanitizers, um, and, cause they're still hard they to did, find. They did really well. Um, a couple mm-hmm. of tax briefs, um, so we're getting through, you know, clarification. Remember that there's a lot going on with the tax law changes this year, Carrie. First, we had the Secure Act, right? You know, and, and we talked a lot about that. And and again, you can always go back and listen to our podcast and get caught up. So you know, we were talking about the Secure Act. You know, since the beginning of the year, that was the January and February shows, and then more so the uh, you know coronavirus you know changes that were you know taking place in March and April. Um, but one of them is, okay, um, the stimulus checks. You know, we mentioned the stimulus checks. So so one thing has come up, um, you know, and, and hopefully you've got yours um, by now. If it wasn't automatically deposited to your account, the checks in the mail have been arriving this but week. But why do they then mail you a confirmation that they sent it to you? With, well, because President Trump, wanted, <laughs> remember, President, and by the way, this, the checks that are coming in the mail has President Trump's name on it. Right. No, but I'm laughing at the letter that it was in your account. Like, what it was, shows up two weeks later. Yeah. Well, some people got it earlier. Yeah. You know, um, so that that's the mail float, Gary. Um, I don't know how much taxpayers' dollars was went into Onto creating mailing? that letter and mailing. Don't get me started. Um, but you know, there there is some. There was some questions, Carrie, because people actually, you know, actually deceased people got checks. I heard that. So and and we actually have had cases at the estate planning team where we that it affected our clients. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, again, we're, we're trying to get clarification and it's a moving target. I mean, the, 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 the paint ain't dry yet on the CARES Act. And things are happening. And that's typically the more complicated Congress tweaks things, the more reality uh, can can mess it up. Mm-hmm. Best laid plans. You know the story. So there was apparently, Carrie, there, there might have been some clarification. So um, this week, um, Wall Street Journal kind of reported that 
in a in a interview with Treasury Secretary, you know, Stephen Mnuchin, that in some cases, families that receive money for deceased relatives. Okay, in other words, this can happen if someone has died since filing their 2018 or 2019 tax return. They're kind of expected to pay that money back. Okay. Um, now, we don't know. I have no idea how the government is going to watchdog that. I'm not sure how you get it back to the government um, if you are going to do your uh, duty. Um, I just don't know. But, you know, it, it, it is something. So, you know, we've had the questions. We had real cases and about there. So apparently, you know, they're saying now. I don't know, Carrie, I don't know if that who that all entails. If a surviving spouse is still there, does he or she have to return the deceased spouse's stimulus check? I'm assuming they make this comment and then it's not clarified. Um, I mean, I think sometimes they need to be very specific in the language they're using. Yeah. Because there's always gray areas. And does it matter when the person died? I mean... Is it is it if they died before the CARES Act was enacted, which was what, March 27th? Or did they if they died March 28th, 29th? Does that mean you they, have to they return keep it? it or they, should, you know, I, again, I, I mean, so the, the more just the more questions you have. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess, you know, and I don't know how, you know. So I, what do you do? Well, uh, if you were if you're, you know, maybe you don't go out and spend if that is the case for you or your family, maybe for the time being, you don't go out and spend that. Right. Maybe you put it into an escrow account and just say, you know, I'm going to leave it in my cash reserve just in case uh, we get further clarification that oh, we have to, you know, and, and you know, and again, if, if you do send a check back to, you know, the Treasury, make sure you sign it, you know, uh, no thanks, Mr. Trump, you know, because mm-hmm. Mr. Trump signed that check that you got. Um, do you hear, you know, Chuck Schumer, you know, are they back to work yet, by the way? In, in I think scene? I thought Monday, but okay. I don't. So, you know, the first thing Chuck Schumer and speaking of the president's. Uh, you know, so that's when the first thing Chuck Schumer wants to deal with when he gets back to D.C., Carrie. Did what? you see this? No. Um, he's really concerned that he want he's he wants to, uh, uh, you know, get his no. Uh, you know, he calls it the uh, no PR act. And, you know, that's the acronym for the no, the no politics and pandemic recovery act. Get it? Isn't he cute? You know, the No PR Act, you know, because he wants to make sure that there's legislation that uh, prohibits President Donald Trump's name from appearing on any future aid checks. That's ridiculous. No, this is our Congress hard at work. This is that's an utter waste of time Um, because does it matter? Wouldn't it any president? I mean, if any preceding president. Whether you agree or not, I I just think that's a waste of time. Don't we have bigger issues? I I think so. Um, but, but, you know, this is Can an important... Can you just fire them? I think, it, I think we need yeah, to... Yeah, throw them all out. I, I'm just saying, how about we... I wish we could just go back to term limits across the board. Um, all right. So, you know, and then, and then of course, you have the Paycheck Protection Plan Program, Carrie, mm-hmm. which it, it went terribly wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, I did see... Um, what is it? Was it this week? There was one rep, and I forgot... I want to say his last name was Holly, was saying he was trying to ban large institutions, not only Harvard, other ones that have applied for it, that have large endowments yeah. to be excluded. And I was like, I would think that'd be a given because they said too many schools that have huge endowments that can carry them have applied and they've applied for millions. I know Harvard gave it back, but there's you right. keep hearing that's not really what the intended use was for. Yeah, and JP, it was for you know, struggling businesses. Yeah. And J.P. Morgan, you know, giving twenty million dollars. You know, uh, well, they didn't give it to him, but processing Ruth Chris's steakhouse mm-hmm. twenty. And I thought the cap was ten million. Well, because technically Ruth Chris is has two subsidiaries, they, right. the, J.P. Morgan went ahead and applied for the $20 million for that. But at the same time, I would think the Small Business Administration that's really the one who gives the final say in releases should have been watchdogging that. Well, Carrie, you know, you don't need to be an accountant from China right. you know, to smell <laughs> something fishy about the PP plan. <laughs> right. Oh, excuse me, the PPPP plan. I got to be careful with my PPs. Uh, um, <laughs> but... Uh, so, so do you understand why the big banks 
and put the spotlight on them. Right. You know, it's interesting because in the 2008 financial meltdown, the big banks were really to blame. Right. And they came out smelling very bad in the 2008, you know, uh, downturn. Right. And but yet they you know, had to be bailed out. You know, you all you know, you know, I know I still hear the National City Bank, you know, uh, customers and, and clients carry who, who still are crying in their, you know, beers of when they shut down. Um, but, you know, but but in this but at the beginning of the covid uh, recession, they were saying, hey, look, we're strong. We're 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 different this time. We've got much better handle and, and we've got liquidity and we're not going to need a bailout. And, and we are now your friends again. Remember, at this oh, show yeah. after, in 2000, I was always saying the banks are no longer our friends. Mm-hmm. And I could I could tell stories for the next five hours about our, our clients who got, you know, screwed by the banks mm-hmm. in 2008, 2009, right? Um, and now, but this time they were saying, uh-uh, we're going to be your friends and stuff like that. And they just lost all credibility again. Why? Okay, so do you understand what happened? All right, so what the big banks did was they processed their biggest clients first. Okay. Okay. Um, when it was supposed to be a first come, first serve but, basis. But why did they do that, Mark? I'm sure there was a um, well, re- motivating, yeah. Well, remember, financial reason well, for that. Remember when the you know the, the small business Friday, you know, you know, remember the Thursday night before that, in the midnight hour, the banks, you know, were still trying to negotiate to get a better deal from the government. You know, the government, the SBA and, and Mnuchin and, and the Treasury thought they had a deal with the big banks on Monday of that week. On, you know, it was like on Wednesday, the bank said, uh-uh, we're not ready to go because we're not getting enough money. So they wanted to go back to the bargaining table. So they ended up, now we're learning that they ended up, we're saying, you know, so for loans under 350000 the banks were going to get a 5% processing fee. For loans in the 2 to $10 million range, the banks were getting a fee of 1%. So, you know, let's let's you have that fuzzy math calendar or calculator there, Carrie, to do the fuzzy math. So, you know, which would you process first? You know, because let's say you got Ruth Chris's, you know, uh, application coming in at the same time. You've got, um, you know, mom and pop steak shop, you know, in a small town, USA. So let's say you've got both their applications in the portal at the same time. Well, hmm, which one are you going to which one do you think the big banks worked on first? Because if you look at it, you know, if, if for you could say, well, you know, if they if they process a ten million application, one percent, they get a hundred thousand dollar fee. Hmm. To process mom and dad's, you know, under a hundred thousand, you know, right. they, had, they were only asking for a hundred thousand to keep their, you know, lights right. on. Um, the bank's going to get a five thousand dollar fee. Okay, and guess what? The paperwork's the same. Does it take much longer to do? I was going to say when you're talking time and effort equally, they're going to spend logically. The thing that gets them paid, whether it's ethic or, you know, ethically the right thing, but they're going to do what they do. They do. Um, Regardless of that, um, what we do is look for opportunities in the complicated tax code. And with the CARES Act, there are opportunities. And even if you have IRAs or company plans and you're over 59 and a half and depending on where your tax picture is, and if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future, there are even bigger opportunities. Roth conversions, um, underutilized assets we're going to talk about a little bit today. There are plenty of things you can do when you don't, when you feel like you don't really know what to do when it comes to your financial life. And that's what we do. We're those traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. And we have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees. And we have worked hard to make the fees even more affordable right now. And you can call the estate planning team. We offer a free consultation. You can also visit the website, get some good helpful resources. And there's some incentives there. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090. 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, another another tax note, you know, about the unemployment. All right, so the $600 a week federal addition unemployment checks started coming arriving for Ohio unemployed this week, Carrie. Um, remember that was a big hang up, you know, when was that money going to start? Well, it has started. So keep your eye open if you've been expecting that additional 600 a week on top of the Ohio state unemployment, you should be you should be getting it. If not this week, hopefully next week. As a matter of fact, that that that's probably going to be retroactive. Um, you know, I've I've heard talk to some people where it is retroactive, you know, so they got multiple $600 checks, you know, going, you know, retroactive. Now, those are supposed to go there, those are supposed to continue through July. All right. 
Um, you know, so, you know, keep that in mind um, and, and whether or not, you know, you're going to look for that. And again, it's the same thing. Be, you know, now if you've got a, maybe an unemployed child who is, who is looking to get unemployment, make sure that there are for yourself. If, make sure <laughs> to be aware that unemployment income is taxable income to you. Now, the stimulus check isn't, mm-hmm. but the unemployment check is. Okay. Now, chances are they're going to do withholding anyways, but that doesn't mean they're doing the right amount of withholding. Right. They're just going to do a default amount. All right. So, um, Which may be too much or maybe too little. Maybe too little, but in either case, be aware of that because, you know, again, we get that question all the time. Um, you know, do I have to pay taxes on my unemployment check? Now, again, I'm not here to defend the logic, simplicity, or fairness of our U.S. tax code. Just here talking about the rules. And so, you know, you need to be aware of that. Um, and, you know, you need to plan accordingly. Um, that's why, you know, again, we have a special right now that we're running at the estate planning team, and we call it All in the Family Special. And, you know, what it is is to say, you know, for the price of one plan. So maybe you've been um, thinking you ought to get your financial plan in order and you have the wherewithal to do it. You know, you're getting close to retirement or maybe you're recently in retirement and what have you. But let's say you also have an elder parent that you're now concerned about, either, you know, financially or, you know, whatever. Or maybe now you have an adult child who's lost their job and they need help. All right. Um, Now, those two groups of people might not have the ability to hire a professional financial planner to build them a plan. It doesn't mean they couldn't benefit from one. All right. So the idea of our all in the family plan is that, you know, for the price of one financial plan, we will prepare up to three financial plans. So that would be like yours, an elder parent, an adult child or two adult children or what have you. And, you know, now, again, you'll have to give us their information, okay, because we need, you know, we're, we, you know we, we need help in getting all that. Um, but, you know, again, that is something that maybe, you know, keep this intergenerational, you know, in times of recession, um, especially if this may be a little bit longer than uh, economic downturn, what people were originally thinking, um, you know, the family structure, that's what needs to survive. You know, and, and, and again, we always say, you know, don't ask your neighbor what they're doing, you know, because might, they might not have the same circumstances as you. Um, all right. What else is going on, Carrie? Um, yeah. When we talk about recessions or economic downturns, um, Carrie, a lot of times you need to shift gears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now hopefully, you know, you were prepared for this. So if you've listened to this show, Carrie, how long ago did we start talking about how you prepare to protect your family for an upcoming economic downturn? A long time. I mean, did we ever, I mean, I can't remember when we weren't talking about it because Because you never know when it's going to happen. Right. And this was the longest U.S. expansion in history. And one of our philosophy was hope for the best plan for the worst, because if you know or have a plan and then the worst happens and you've run those different scenario, one, you're going to have more peace of mind knowing how I need to adjust. You're going to have those action steps that you need to take and you just have the peace, you know, and you know how to take advantage of the opportunities. Right. And if it's and, being prepared. Right. And, and, and we and we got to the point as we were getting closer and closer, you know, 2018, 2019, as we were getting closer and closer, we were saying we were really netting it down to say, at least do these next three things. Right. And hopefully if you did these three things, you were prepared for this economic mm-hmm. downturn. The first one was rebalance your investment portfolio. You know, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. You know, the time to sell your stocks is when they're high, mm-hmm. not when they're low. Okay, lock in capital gains, rebalance, get back to your risk, right? The second thing was build up your cash reserve. Okay, if you were working, that's the idea of having three to six months of take-home pay. If you're retired, that's the idea of having 12 to 18 months of net spending gap. 
mm-hmm. you know, what we were planning on, you know, needing from your investment portfolio uh, on, to cover your planned expenses on top of your fixed retirement income, whether that be a pension or Social Security, what have you. All right. Um, and the third thing was build your plan R, you know, mm-hmm. R for the recession for a recovery plan saying, OK, you know, will you be able to uh, come out OK if we do have an economic downturn? So because of what the idea is, you want to see what the longevity effect of that has. So you tell the robot you model something in, you model in an economic downturn and then you say, hey, am I still going to be OK? That gives you the peace of mind, you know, and it saves you from making a knee-jerk reaction. Right. And a lot of times people make the wrong knee-jerk and wrong emotional reaction that actually ends up causing more problems, which just com- compounds the situation. And, and when you talk about modeling the, and and these different scenarios, we've been doing that for all kinds of things. We we build a case based on current thinking, current assumptions, if you're tired, and all these price tags and timeframes and inflation rates. But then we take that same plan and say, okay, what if the worst happens? What if there's a recession? What if there's a uh, premature death of a spouse? What if there's a long-term care stay? You know, whatever that um, problem or financial challenge you may face and being able to model that in and you can have multiple plans. I mean, a plan isn't something you do once and you don't necessarily have one plan. We have clients that might have three or four or five different plan scenarios because they want to see, okay, based on everything being the way it should versus worst case. Now, there's a lot of people, though, so, Carrie, they say, Mark, I didn't do it. So what do I do? Because I didn't do any of those three things. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, I was talking to one client who's shaking his head now because when we were having this discussion with him many months ago, at the end of the, you know, re, you know right in January, you know, because it was such a good year in the market, and he was going into retirement in 2020, and he had a lot of investments. They were had done very well in the bull run, but he was saying, you know, we were having discussion. And he said, Mark, you know, at that point, no recession in sight, right? Remember, Carrie, how, right. how, how many times did we hear that? No recession in and sight. I, and Mark, how many times have I heard you tell people, don't time the market? It's very difficult to time right. the or market. Or I said, you know, those, the, you know, I, I didn't see any uh, recession dashboard calculator on the internet that had a, a, a virus, you know, scale on it. A pandemic scale, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the idea was in that discussion with that client, we had decided that he was going to uh, lock in some capital gains, even though it was going to cause him some taxes. He was going to lock those gains in and leave the money in his cash reserve because he was going into retirement and he didn't want to be caught short from a cash flow need. So he after our discussion, he went to his investment advisor. Mm hmm. And what do you think the investment advisor told him? Hmm. No recession in sight. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. We just got a double-digit return for 2019. What are you worried about? You always have liquidity. Hmm. He didn't do it. And now he's shaking his head. Um, so, you know, I coordinate advisors. Now, if I had been on a three-way phone call, with the investment advisor, I think we would have had a different outcome. See, one of the things we do at the estate planning team is we we want to work with your other advisors. Mm-hmm. We're not investment advisors. Okay, we don't manage client assets. That doesn't mean we don't coordinate with our clients' investment advisors. We do it all the time. And, you know, we feel a client gets the best plan if there is a roundtable discussion going. Now, the client said, Mark, I should have followed, you know, I, I knew I should have, you know, followed your thing, but he, he, you know, he convinced me that everything was okay. Hmm. And that's what investment advisors do. Okay. Um, you know, they're always bullish. Okay. Now, there are some good ones out there, um, you know, who don't, I mean, who, who do. And, and, you know, we work with them too. Some of them are on, you know, are on this mm-hmm. uh, radio station. Um, you know, Bill, you know, comes on later on, you know, very good. He's, he's almost goes overboard, you know, and, and he tries to get people saying, yeah, your stocks can go down. Right. You want to leave your cash reserve. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you, and so, we've worked with them on several mutual cases. Yeah. So anyway, so, you know, that's the idea. All right. So what do you do if you're, you didn't do any of those things? Okay. Well, let's try to, I'll try to again, net it down to a couple things. One, try not to sell your stocks low, either in a panic, you know, or, you know, to cover discretionary spending. 
All right. Um, let's say as an example. Okay. Let's say you in your plan this year you were buying a new car. Okay. And let's say your plan was to buy it for cash because you don't normally finance. I was going to say there's some great financing deals. People. Well, maybe that was a good plan when you 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 your stocks were high. But you know, let's say you. But now you want to sell your stocks low to come up with that cash when, like you're saying, you know, maybe there's zero financing out there. Or even I've seen 1%. Um, you know, so, you know, be a little bit open-minded, mm-hmm. right? Um, could be the same, you know, for, um, you know, or look for other, you know, ways that can you get low finance? I mean, one of the good things about low interest rates, because interest rates came down right. again, is you have low financing rates. Right. And by the way, don't forget, when you sell your stocks low, you no longer get those dividends anymore. Right um, now, um, a second thing is preserve your cash reserve. Okay, um, now what do I mean by that, Carrie? Well, again, don't tap into it. Well, don't, don't make knee-jerk to. reactions. Um, okay, so, so Carrie, it's not that uncommon that we have a client who who gets a cash windfall, right? Right. It could be. I mean, it could be the stimulus check. It could be an inheritance. Could be inheritance. Could be the death benefit of a life insurance policy. Could be a stock sale or something else. Um, now, a lot of times, if if they get they, their immediate, and let's say that same person who got a cash windfall, let's say they've got a mortgage out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of times their knee jerk reaction is to pay down the mortgage. Pay down the mortgage. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, should I pay down the mortgage? Because I it makes get, you feel good, and you know, and now, and, and it's like, well, what is your mortgage rate? Okay, um, you know, if if you got a three and a half percent mortgage rate, or or better, I, I'm not so sure you, you know, if you don't have your cash reserve. See, I'm saying if you've got your cash reserve set up, remember these are I'm going through cases who people who didn't right right who didn't follow the initial plan, so they don't have a cash reserve. So now they get a cash windfall. The first thing they want to do is pay off their low mortgage. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. I mean, you know, now. Let's say what well, Carrie. Let's say what. What if their mortgage rate? You say Mark. What if it's at four or five percent? So it, now, does it make sense for them? Well, you know, ask Dave Ramsey. You know what he's going to say. But here's my question: But maybe, just maybe. Um, all right. Instead of rushing, maybe you ought to look to refinance first. Maybe you could get that four and a half percent mortgage down to three, three and a half percent. Right. It might take a little bit effort, but it might save you quite a bit. So of money. now you can build that cash reserve because right. we don't know what type of recovery we're looking at with this economic downturn. And the fact, but you are still kind of building up your cash reserve with the lower payments. Mm-hmm. So maybe you investigate that first before just saying, I'm not going to build up any cash reserve. I'm just going to take all this cash windfall and pay off a low mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, those are typical, you know, things that are doing. Now, I mentioned, um, I think it was two weeks ago, Carrie, on this show where we were talking about one of the CARES Act where there was some relief where um, taxpayers could get money out of IRAs and 401ks before age 59 and a half right. without that 10% early withdrawal penalty. So, I mean, so now we're going to other steps. Now, some people, are, you know, we know would have to do that. Right. And a lot more people will have to do that because the, the unemployment role is just growing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, but, but again, now that may be, so if you've got cash, you know, sitting around in an IRA or a, a 401k or something like that, that's another way. I mean, at least you know, it's going to be taxable. Right. But if you're not working, you know, you know, it's going to, you know, you still get the room. But the idea is, um, you know, but again, but you have to sell stocks in your 401k while they're low. It's still back to that problem. Right. But maybe you have some cash in those qualified plans mm-hmm. that you can get out. Um, we got some, you know, and, and Fidelity came out with some numbers on that. So they're Fidelity, you know, one of the largest huge. You know, custodians. I've already seen, you know, and they're saying right now. Um, that is happening. They're seeing, you know, the withdrawal started, you know, in April. Remember, the CARES Act didn't patch the, p- pass until the end of March. And sure enough, in April, people are already taken up on that. Um, let's see what they're saying. The average amount of withdrawals from Fidelity-run plans, it's about $13,000, Carrie. Okay. Okay. Um, remember, you can do up to 100000 Okay. Um, the average is influenced by a small group of more sizable withdrawals. Okay. The medium is about 5,500. 
So you know, people are doing the right. So they're saying you may, and that fifty five hundred may get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. It could pay your mortgage for a couple of months, right? You know, um, or it could you know pay your health insurance or what have you. So mm-hmm. so we understand that. But what happens if there's are there any other things you can do or and so this is where you had mentioned beginning the show we call it you know using underutilized assets right right things that people don't think about right to raise cash flow Mm -hmm. you know during recessionary economic downturns if you don't want to sell your stocks low right all right um so i mean one carrie i'll I'll start one and you've got a couple okay well let me start with um okay how about your non-qualified investments Okay, and what do we mean by that, Gary? These are the investments that are not inside IRAs or 401ks or 403bs. Sometimes we call these taxable accounts, right? You know, um, in other words, these are non-qualified taxable accounts where your investments are. So these things earn income, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. They could be earning interest. They could be earning municipal interest, tax-free muni interest, dividends, right? Mm-hmm. Qualified dividends, ordinary dividends. Um, capital gain distributions, you know, the mutual funds you own, they kick out capital gains, you know, sometimes during the year, a lot of times at the end of the year. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, what are you doing with those? Are you just reinvesting those? Because, again, if if you didn't tell your investment advisor anything differently, chances are they defaulted for you, those types of uh, uh, earnings to be reinvested. Because that's what investment advisors like to do; they like to reinvest. They're, 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 you know, I don't see too many investment advisors turning down money, new money to invest from their clients, mm-hmm. including dividends, interest, and capital gains. All right. So chances are, um, if you haven't made an arrangement with them previously, those types of things are being reinvested. How, if they're being reinvested, Carrie, how is that helping your cash flow? Not at all. But what's happening to your taxes? I'm still paying taxes on those reinvested dividends. And interest and capital gains. So, you know, the idea, these are income items that you're not using for cash flow. And even if you don't use them for cash flow because you reinvested them, you still have to pay taxes on them that year. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you're using other assets to pay the taxes on income that you chose to reinvest. Which that's a good example of somebody can run themselves into trouble. If they pull enough money, they could be throwing them over another tax bracket, depending on how many other things. Right. Or the idea is on top of the the taxes they're going to pay on the earnings or reinvesting, if they now have to sell investments to come up with more cash flow, you're just adding to the capital gains. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, so in and, and I'm saying, see, what you do this year doesn't mean you're going to do the same thing next year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you just follow what you did last year. You have to remain active. All right. You've got to be active. We're very active planners at the estate planning team. So, you know, in, in that situation, we may be saying, you know, you've got to, um, you know, you've got to maybe turn off the dividend reinvestment for this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can always turn it back on next year. All right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, that type of thing. Okay, Gary, what, what do you got? Well, I was going to say another one people don't think about, and like anything, you have to be careful. It's not uncommon for people when they come in that they have old life insurance policies. And some of these old life insurance policies, they might get the statements, they throw them in a drawer, and they don't realize how much cash value. They're probably not, some of them, they're not even paying premiums or very little, where they've built up a lot of cash value. In some cases, the cash value is almost the same as the death benefit. We've seen some where it was the old, I don't even know what to call it, like carbon paper, it almost looks like. It was black with the white. Um, but... If you have these old policies with cash value, in some cases, you have to be careful. You can take some cash value out of the policy or do it as a loan. You have to be careful. You need to make sure that you understand some withdrawals are taxable, some won't, and understand you need to work with the company, and that's what we help our clients do. But we were recently able to help someone who had an old policy in place, and they weren't paying premiums anymore, and it was about a... $150,000 death benefit, and they were able to pull $10,000 out of it that was non-taxable, 
So they were able to take 10000 out. And actually, when we had some illustration and talked to the company, that 150000 was still lasting to the client's late 90s. So they were able to use an asset, not affect the death benefit. And for some people, we've done it before where it's affected the death benefit in their 90s. And their point was, I'd rather use the money now because my income replacement need goes down as you get older because there's less years you have to replace. But they were able to do that, you know, $10,000 out and not pay a dime in taxes, which really helped with cash flow. We've also had people that have cashed out policies when the they've called the company, they've found out the taxable or the basis or the contributions in the company were more than what the value was and they verified that it was non-taxable. They've cashed out some of those old policies because when you have a policy where the cash value is similar to the death benefit, then you really have kind of a savings account and the insurance company's not going to tell you. Um, Another one when it comes to life insurance, you know, some of these people who have these premium paying policies, we're asking people to go back and get illustrations run. Um, have you gotten an enforce? Have you talked to the agent? Or if not, we have clients call the home office for the company. Do you have a um, get an enforce illustration based on the current premium paying and the current death benefit? And how is that looking? If that's lasting to the time that you expected, come back and ask for another one saying, can you solve for a minimum premium? And depending on the type of policy, so the death benefit lasts. Sometimes you want to ask if the death benefit lasts guaranteed to a certain age. Um, they're all a little bit different. But I've been excited over the last couple of months because we do this anyway for our clients. There's some people I've been able to like say, hey, it looks like because they've sent me the illustration, you can save, eight, depending on the death, $800 this year and get the same benefit. Or some people even more like 2000 So those are ways that help with cash flow, not directly creating it, but cutting expenses in a different way. So there are plenty of opportunities. There's opportunities we'll, we'll continue to talk about, but this is a huge area that you may be able to tap into. You just have to be very careful on how you do it. And there's other strategies it gets more into about you can take cash value and upgrade. But um, so that's another way that we can help at the estate planning team. And if you want us to look at your underutilized assets, call for a free consultation just about that at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Well, Georgia opened up this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I think I might catch the midnight train to Georgia. I know. I was thinking, maybe. You know, I'm done with this. I know. I was thinking, like, where could I go on a road trip for a weekend? Can we just go back to 1973? You've heard this song before. Yeah, I like this song. The world he left behind. Summer of 1973. Do you remember, you know, where? what were you doing on the first Saturday of May in 1973? <laughs> I don't know. I was a toddler. <laughs> you don't remember? I certainly remember what I was doing. Of night, no, I wasn't even one, Mark. <laughs> I know. I can't believe... I don't get to watch a Kentucky Derby today. Oh, geez. Well, they, could, they couldn't. Well, I was going to say, couldn't they social distance those horses like every other stall? Secretary did some social distancing when he was running, I'll tell you that. Have you, have what a horse. Have you seen the little video where somebody did it on the the Derby where they called it coronavirus versus social? Somebody did a clever like video based on the uh, previous Kentucky Derby. And oh, it was very clever. He started out last and ended up first. Hmm. I mean, thanks, China. I don't get to watch a Kentucky Derby today. Yeah. Big Red. What a horse. You know... After he died, Carrie, they did an autopsy. Uh-huh. And, you know, it kind of proved scientifically what we all kind of believed instinctively. He had the biggest heart of any horse in history. Oh. Certainly the biggest heart of any thoroughbred that ran before him, and, and probably any thoroughbred that will ever run after him. 
And poor Sham. Sham was this horse that was always running with them in all the Triple Crown races. Yeah, I don't. I've Sham never... could have been a Triple Crown winner, you know, had it not been the same year as Secretariat. Man, I've never watched a race. Now, all right, so am I being a little petty, Carrie, and, you know, complaining that I can't sit in my easy chair sipping on an ice-cold, you know, pewter mug I don't know. I think, mint julep? I think people are tired of these restrictions because without a vaccine or herd, I mean, but, who's to say we don't? I mean, I but, don't know. But, but think about the economic loss because the Kentucky Derby is not being run. Oh, huge. Um, I mean... The horse breeder. I mean, you know, obviously the, you know, but, you know, what about the ticket holders? I mean, some people plan their whole lifetime to attend saying, one these, Kentucky Derby in their lifetime. I'm sure these hotels sold out years, oh, you know, a year in the, advance, uh, if not more. Um, the vendors, the food and beverages, the hospitality sector. Oh, yeah. The local businesses, mm-hmm. the TV and radio, the, you know, the, how about the state of Kentucky? You think they got any, you know, mm-hmm. uh, revenue in their coffers? Um, yeah. BCV before coronavirus carried things. Right. Are gonna be well, they keep time. talking about too by keeping everyone home and isolated. I, I keep do see stories about the mental health toll that it's taking on people, kids being home and not being going to school and socializing, and a lot of kids are struggling with this online format. Yeah. So I. So you know, I'm so upset with China. You know, think of the devastation that this has caused. The decades. They don't care about us. Misery that's unleashed right. upon the world. The deaths, the financial hardship, mm. the unemployment, the family destruction. It's mind boggling. Well, you okay. know, another captain. They, Ob- right. They need to be held accountable. Right. But, how, you know, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know. Well, let's see what what President Trump. You heard and, him in the and beginning. And the headlines that keep talking about the, the Wuhan lab. Like, do we not understand that it came from that lab by now? I keep seeing a headline every couple of days. Yeah. So what can you do? Um, you know, Ohio shut down for another 30 days. Ugh. There goes your Memorial Day parade, Carrie. Yeah. Um, or go, yeah, the pools that open. The pools aren't opening. I know. The summer's been shut down. I mean, that Akron, shut, Solon has shut down summer. Um, I, I canceled summer. Berea has canceled summer. Um, Those yeah. cities stink because it's too early to tell. I want my freedom of choice to make choices for myself and my family. Well, always, I don't like the restrictions. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how if we're all if you cancel summer for the whole state of Ohio, we may have more protests. So, I but agree. in the meantime, I guess we have to stay home to stay alive. But we keep saying stay active. You know, how can you protect your family? Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.